Hello, my fantastic faction of followers, fans, and freaks of fun Fanacom festivities. I am Ziploc Bob, one of the two hosts of Sequel Syndrome Podcast, a talk show about video games and their culture, design, and psychology. Now I shall pass you over to our master of ceremonies, our commandant of commemoration. Have I helped up this man enough yet? This is... Hi, Bob. Today we are talking about fighting games, and for that reason we brought two Fighting, fighting game experts in on the discussion. Brett Bayonne and Matthew Centello, the Super Couch Fighters. How's, how's it going, guys? Not bad. Thank you very much for having us, man. Hi. Thanks for having us. It's our pleasure, guys. So, Zaz, what's on the docket for the day? Uh, we're talking about a beginner's guide to fighting games. Wait, no, we, we missed something, didn't we? Yeah. The, what yeah. have you been playing lately, Zez? Come on, wake up! Your outline, Bob, your outline is wrong. I blame you. <laughs> this is um, all our fault. I, I, I'm going to shoulder the blame. It's probably uh, Dylan myself. Sorry. No, no yeah. I want to know. We'll, def- we'll definitely fall on the sword <laughs> on this. This is probably our fault. Oh, no, no. yeah. Yeah, what it is is just he's just so starstruck. What have you done to him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, we want to know what you guys have been playing this week. Yeah. Hmm. tell you want to take this one first? Uh, what have we been playing? We've been playing... Uh... Well, I don't know about we. He said us. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, like, individually. Like, what are you playing at home? Yeah, individually. Uh, individually. Uh, I'm always playing that Hearthstone. I'm always on my... My phone is the easiest gaming system because I can do it at work. Uh, so I'm always playing on that. <laughs> Uh, my phone is the best game system because like, I can do it at work. Use, <laughs> what what yeah, phone do you use? It's an iPhone, but it's very easy to hide at my desk and you know, right? Just grind away all day on the ladder. Okay, uh, there's something I gotta point out, Suntail. Sure. You're probably the reason why the website you should be working.com got taken down, friend. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Listen, I have very. I have a lot of important tasks that I will get to eventually. So, you know, I'll get to it when I get to it. Um, and then at home, what have I been playing at home? Uh, nothing as of late. I got sucked into uh, My Hero Academia. So it's not, a, it's not a fighting game, but it's like a fighting game. It is like watching a fighting game. They recently, like season three has been coming out at a pretty steady pace. Don't, don't no spoilers. Come. I'm not there yet. I, I'm I'm not going. No, no, no. I'm not going to do that to you or any of my viewers because I do have a lot of anime fan base who would find me and beat me like I owed them money if I did that to them. <laughs> aren't, aren't they working on a My Hero Academia fighting game? They uh, yeah, they are. I just saw the uh, trailer for it. It's gonna be. It's sort. Of, I don't know if it's a. What would you call it? You have one character, and you have a point character, and then you have two support characters, and then you will go at it like any of the One Piece games. J- if you play, if you play J Stars at all, it's sort of that sort of vibe to it. Okay. Yeah, to where you equip side, your side characters, but you don't actually fight with them, sort of thing. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. The you know, in the show, they are superheroes. They have quirks. The quirks remind me a lot of One Piece's sort of gum gums. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they all have different powers and stuff like that. So I'm sure, you know, different teams will have different strategies depending on what your support characters are. Yeah. Well, what about you, Brett? Recently, I've been trying to finish up God of War. I think I just beat the main campaign on that, and I'm trying to muster up the 
uh, motivation to continue with it because, you know, I feel that itch to complete games all the time. I just uh, downloaded that last night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's a real fun game. Um, I've been playing a lot of uh, Magic the Gathering again, thanks to Magic the Gathering Arena. Mm-hmm. Making it, like, like, making, like, I'm, you know, I'm on and off with that game, but honestly, the vast majority of my Magic the Gathering career has been against one or two of my other very close friends. And this game gives me, like, a really easy way to play against anybody out there. Uh, and that's kind of cool. Uh, so I've been playing that and uh, hopping on and off of Street Fighter lately, too. Can't stop playing that, you know? Man, the last time I got big into Magic the Gathering, I think I sunk, like, $500 into the game. That's how you keep track of Magic the Gathering. It's not even, like, what year it was or what set was out. It was like, oh, yeah, that, that was when I spent $200. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, 300 last time I played Magic, I spent $300 on it. <laughs> New expansion, three hundred dollars. Yeah. Basically, like if you, especially if you want to keep tournament ready, because like, like I'm like, oh, when's those cards gonna drop? Oh, and then I'm looking at my wallet, and it's like, kill me. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's one of the that's one of the problems with uh, TCGs, is that trying to stay up is a. Requires a substantial financial investment. Well, I don't know if you know know this there's about. Alter- there's alternatives to it too, though. Uh, yeah. Don't play. Ooh, that is, one <laughs> that is the pro- That's probably the wisest. Straight up fucking abstinence is one choice, but there's also like, for the longest time, I didn't even play. Like, I played physical for a long time. I even tried mm-hmm. to stay up to standard with physical, but as you said, that can hurt your wallet. But you know, there's other like digital options out there, uh, just for brewing purposes. Like you can play like on an app or some sort of ex, you know executable to brew and brew for like weeks, and then when you finally find the one deck that you think works for you, then you can go out and buy it without having to buy all the cards to test. You know? Yeah, that that's very, the games that um, Wizards of the Coast put out for Magic: The Gathering are great for using as your lab. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that, and honestly. It kind of ties in with today's like episode as far as like how yeah, do I get into whatever, but like I used Magic the Gathering twenty thirteen or something like that to get some of my friends who are like who were just intimidated. It was like here, I'll buy you like I'll buy you the download code for this for Steam, and because it was like it was on sale for like five bucks or something ridiculously cheap like that. And it was a great way for them to learn how to play the game, period, in a safe space. I feel you. I feel you. Yeah, I, I was always... I, I mean, I, the training card games I've been to have been uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! and Hearthstone. So, uh, Are you playing a Duel Links at all? No. Duel Links was fun <laughs> when I tried it. But it's fun. It's a little lacking in a lot of things, but it's still got that fun Yu-Gi-Oh! anime flavor. So, yeah, I grind away at that, too. Yeah. Anybody remember the Dragon Ball Z fighting, or not fighting game, the Dragon Ball Z card game? Yeah. Which one? There was a couple. There was a couple? I remember the one that came out in high school. For from a reference, I was in high school back in 2005. Yeah, okay. I, I, we're, we're about the same high school age then. Yeah. I, I remember the, I remember, I don't know if it's the same game you're talking about, but I remember the Dragon Ball Z card game, but I didn't play it. I collected those cards. Yeah, it had a little scouter that went up. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I just had a passing thought. I was like, what happened to that 
But Zez, what the heck have you been playing this past week? I've been playing um, some more They Are Billions. Uh, I've been playing some more NHL 18, and I've gotten started in Fortnite, actually. I've been Thanos one time. One time. <laughs> um, His name is Death. I'm just saying. He's extremely powerful in that game, but he takes a little getting used to how to play because he plays like a DBZ character. He play, you know, he jumps all the way up, all the way up to the top of the map, and then slams down. He has a beam attack that he does that does like forty damage per hit, and you only have like a hundred health. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, yeah, that's what I've been playing. What about you, Bob? Uh, honestly, I've been trying to not die this past week, so I really haven't been playing much of anything. Uh, I did get a little bit of, um, oh lord, what the heck is it called? <clears throat> now it's going to kill me. Did you um play, uh... no, I didn't play any Ruiner, what you got. No, me. what is the other game? Rage Burst? Gotti to Rage Burst? Oh yeah, Gotti to Rage Burst. I did barely crack into that. And it's basically, the combat system is of a Solzian game, where you have to focus on parries, spacing, timing, because there's times to where if you whiff, you will leave yourself wide open and you'll get punished for it. And that's been happening a lot. <laughs> <laughs> punishing games, yay! Well, no, like, you know, it's not punishing, it's fair. Like, I'm the guy who missed, so... You can it, be fair in punishing. Yeah. Dark Souls... I've never heard it referred to as Soulsian. <laughs> I, I think I'm down with it, though. Yeah. It's a, good, it's, a good, it's a good adverb. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, because I'm tired of us going, because if you remember back in the day, and this is way back in the day, all first-person shooters were called Doom clones. Yep. And we right. need, need to quit describing games as other games, because if somebody hasn't played that game, that does them no service whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, it'd be nice to have some fucking uh, descriptors where you don't need frame of reference. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's how do exactly do you do that in gaming, though? First-person oh, shooter. Well, I mean, yeah, first-person shooter. It's a shooter and from the first-person perspective. But that's very vague. It is It's vague. a genre. It's supposed oh, to be vague. It's, it's a lot, it's a lot, have you ever played Doom? It's a lot like Doom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but like that's, like that's exactly what we're trying to get away from. Like, if I were right. trying to tell somebody about, like, uh, I don't know, fucking God of War, like the new one, right? Mm -hmm. I'd probably be like, well, it's third person over the shoulder. Uh, and it's got some like, uh, it's it's got some elements of, how do I put this? Light exploration with a heavy focus on layered combat. That's oh, so what like, I would say. Oh, so like Fable. No, because Fable doesn't have layered combat. It has like right. It's too it has, <coughs> it has yeah, spam yeah. A to win. Like Fable's different. Fable's like an RPG, and then this God of War does have RPG elements, but I would. It's a far cry from an actual RPG. So yeah, it's like a, mm -hmm. it's also far cry from Far Cry. So. Yeah, I see what you're getting at. Like. The things that need the treatment of like trying to define new genres for them are the things that keep popping up, like first-person shooters kept popping up before they had an official designation. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm not sure if God of War type games like need a designation. It's probably just third-person action at this point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for example, like a better example 
what we do that with today is that is a very common genre is roguelike. Right. Yes. It's like Rogue, this game that nobody I know has played. That's what I'm saying, which is why when people kept talking about roguelike games, I didn't know what the fuck they were talking about. I have means, no idea yeah. what you guys are talking about right now. Right, it's a it's a bad descriptor. Like, right. if you need a huge frame of reference for it, it's not doing its job. Yeah, and basically it's the type of game, Santel, so you're like, what is a roguelike game? Um, you will eventually die, and whenever you die, you have to start all over, and either one or two things happen you gain you get better rng on drops on the next time that you play the game or your character powers up through points that you get to spend yeah yeah think of like dragon ball z thing of the saiyans getting beat almost almost to death and then coming back so yeah. like uh capcom's uh ghosting goblins mm. No, because that one, like, you don't get stronger or the RNG isn't any better as you play it. I think uh, there's some RNG. Is there any RNG? Is there any RNG in that game? Probably very little. A good example, like a good example, when I've been playing a lot is, uh, you ever played Enter the Gungeon or Binding of Isaac? Binding of Isaac. There you go. That's a roguelike like game. Binding of Isaac. Okay, got it. Yeah, that like the systems in play, but it can be, but. It's a system that can work with like first any type of genre as far as first person shooters or what have you. It's just a mechanic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's but that's a discussion for a different day. We kind of have other things we need to talk about today. Uh, <laughs> yay! <laughs> uh, uh, how about you start to sponsor break? Sponsors. All right. Our first sponsor is uh, Gatherbot done by Opera Event. Uh, it's the bot watching over Bob's chat right now. That's being very very quiet. <laughs> um. The bot allows you to do certain things like play free-to-play mobile games, PC games, surveys, purchasing games to earn and earn money, earn currency that goes towards the development of the channel. Yeah. And uh, if you're a streamer, this bot is completely free. <laughs> yes. So moving on to the most important people in the room, our viewers. Thank you for using Twitch Prime and subscribing to this channel and the tips and bits and everything you guys do. Eh, this stuff does cost money for upkeep. Internet isn't free yet. One day. One day. But maybe, until maybe then. We're in Switzerland. But until then, thank you for helping pay pay the bills and just keeping us on air. And lastly, our charity of the month. is stackup.org. They're found in 2015. Stackup brings both veteran, veterans and civilians together through a shared love of video games through their primary programs uh, known as the Stacks, Supply Crates, Air Assaults, and the Stackup Overwatch program. Which one are we talking about today, Bob? Uh, well, the Stacks and the Supply Crates. I'll take the Stacks. Stacks are groups of volunteers. Basically think of it as a gaming group, but it's very veteran-centric, and it's a it's kind of nice to be able to talk, about, talk to people like just kind of have that shared lingo and they use that shared lingo and that kind of cohesion to help, you know, deal with the loss of a very specific type of culture that you will only experience if you're a military service member. We also, and they also do supply crates, which are care packages similar to like loot crates or any of the various different competitors to loot crate um, that are care packages full of geeky and techy goodness sent to, sent to deployed service member members over in other countries. Yeah, um, 
they even send like PS4s, gaming PCs, and stuff that's like awesome. that. That's awesome. Like really they cool. they hook them up. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, on today's subject, a beginner guide to fighting games. Okay, so I got my notepad here, and I'm gonna shut up. Due <laughs> <laughs> to the professionals. Uh, this is an introduction note, so I need to learn footsies. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, uh, when you invited us on here, you said one of the topics you want to talk about was a beginner's guide to fighting games. I mean, so like, yeah, where do you want to start with this thing? You want, you have specific questions for us that you want to explore? How about, uh, how about we start with um, traditional, like some of the fighting game lingo? Fighting game lingo. Well, man, I mean. Oh, dude, that, like just there's the sources for that. <laughs> All right, better yet, it's like, okay, let's say if I've never played a fighting game before, right? And I'm like, okay, I'm going to pick up insert title. What would your suggestion be on what would be the first types of titles to pick up or a variety of titles to kind of fill out what different types of fighting game systems they are and so I can figure out what I'd like? Well, I... Go I have ahead. an answer, Brent. What's your answer? No, go, go ahead. I'm go ahead, man. <laughs> this is free okay. form, man. Yeah. So, first, you got to play a game. You got to pick up the game. You have to play it. You have to like it. You it has to be something that you're interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which, but I, I feel like they were asking, like, what games would you recommend? Yeah, like, what what games it. have you guys played? You're like, hey, this is a good beginner tier game. Even if it doesn't have the deepest systems, it's just something to where it's like, this isn't going to overwhelm me as soon as I jump in it. Because Nether Realms, I love their games, but sometimes they're a little too. Something about it, me and them don't jive. And because at times I'm like, I'm trying to feel like I'm trying to learn too much too fast. Does that make sense? Yeah, I feel you about that. Hmm. I, I feel like. Uh... There are a couple of different series or games out there that do this particularly well, but they all do it in different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and each game neglects other parts of this aspect of uh, ingratiating new players. Mm-hmm. So that, like, if one game did like all three or four of these things, it'd be the most incredible new game, new player friendly fighting game of all time. But it yeah. doesn't exist. But there are a couple that do one thing. You, so you say example, that, but I'm not surprised you, Brett. All right, hit me, dog. Hit me. Okay, so I'll tell you what then. Let me go for See, I see how you operate now. See, you already, have an you already have an answer in your mind, and now you're like, no, you go first, homie, but that's okay. I'll, I'll play. I'll play. Again. I think they're trying to bop us, Brett. I think they're going to try to bop us with these no, questions. Yeah, you want me to go first? You you can anti air me. I get it. I'll jump. Check it out. Check it out. Right. Here comes the yes. crashing heavy. heavy. Here it comes. Oh, Here's all it is. Like I, I think uh I think number one, Street Fighter Five does an incredible job of helping new players just by nature of the fact that the game is incredibly transparent, as I like to put it. Mm-hmm. Uh the game is um it's it's you know, in fighting game terms, Street Fighter Five is incredibly simple. Mm-hmm. And Street Fighter Five has pared down a lot of its mechanics so that they are easily grokkable, if you will. Yeah. Uh there, for example, there are certain things that I wouldn't say are, you know, I wouldn't use the word unnecessary, but they are more complicated when they're included. For example, proximity normals. Proximity normals are gone from Street Fighter V compared to, I think, just about every other Street Fighter in existence. What, what Proxim- are proximity normals since you brought that mm-hmm, up? Mm-hmm. So proximity normals are uh, 
are versions of normal buttons that characters have that only come out depending on how far you are from your opponent. So, for example, Ryu's standing heavy punch in, let's say, uh, Street Fighter 4, right? Ryu standing heavy punch in Street Fighter 4 is like a straight punch, like, uh, like a huge punch forward. Like, uh, hey, mate, like, uh, no, cross? No, not a haymaker, like a punch forward. Like, like, a, like a jab. Like, like a jab that has a lot of force behind it. Oh, so like the roll the shoulder back jab. Exactly. Like there's no uh, there's no movement out from the torso, but it's still a jab. He's just throwing his more of his shoulder in. Yeah, but the p- important part is that if you're close to your opponent, like much, much closer, mm-hmm. if you press the exact same button, no directions input, if you just press heavy punch, he'll do more of like an uppercutty thing that has completely different frame properties. It's like a different move. It is yeah. an entirely different move. And yeah. It's called proximity normals. That has... That's completely gone out of Street Fighter V, and I'm glad it is. Once again, I'm not saying they're bad. I'm saying that they are something that people who have been playing Street Fighter for years still don't understand. Not to say that it's a bad mechanic or uh, an un, a, not, a completely un-understandable mechanic. <coughs> it's just more complicated. And Street Fighter V is a game that has pared down that stuff so that everything that happens in Street Fighter V is easy to see from a player and spectator's position. Why this happened? And why this didn't happen. Yeah, which may, and this is a little bit more of an advanced thing that we'll come back around to. But that re- comes to reading when you get to the point where you're like, okay, I'm going to be a insert character name like that. That's going to be my main. Mm-hmm. When it comes to reading what I call the frame bobble and learning all your frames and your timing, that makes it one less thing to have to factor in. True. And I'm not saying like the characters. Characters with less buttons or techniques are more beginner-friendly. In a way, they are, but I'm not even saying that. There Mm -hmm. are certain characters who have a lot of normal and a lot of buttons who are beginner-friendly. It's just that the concept of, wait, this button does two different things Mm -hmm. depending on just where I am, like, that's, you know, that's not a concept that's, you know, uh, easy for a lot of new people to understand. That's not something easy for me to wrap around and I know what you're talking about. Right, right, right. <laughs> like... just an example. Street Fighter V is a game that kind of puts all of its mechanics out on Front Street. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's one way that it's beginner-friendly. But then there are games like uh, Guilty Gear. Yeah. Right? Guilty Gear, I'm not calling Guilty Gear a beginner-friendly game, but it has this one element of it that is very beginner-friendly, which is yeah. a, an extensive tutorial mode. Yes. Like and by extensive, it's, it's I mean really in depth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if you're a beginner player and you sit down and put the time in the tutorial mode, you'll understand some shit. And uh, not only that, if you sit through the trials and all that, you'll walk away able to at least pull off this stuff. Trials isn't any, aren't anything new for fighting games. Oh yeah, Marvel vs. That... Capcom Three had them, and that's, that's the right. only reason why I was any good at that game. And Street Fighter 4 had them too. And, yeah. and other fighting games as well. Like, trials aren't new. But the way that games like Guilty Gear implement, like, certain... And, I'm, and I don't just mean trials, like, perform this combo. I mean, like, the tutorial-esque uh, challenges where they put you through challenges that are geared toward... Like, they're less, like, combat puzzles, less mechanical and dexterity puzzles. But they're more like, okay, this is what a mix-up is. Block this mix-up five times in a row. If you mess up once, you start over from zero. And if they're doing that to get players used to the concept of being able to, you know, block mix-ups consistently or, you know... Perform an anti-air. 
defend in a fighting game. Like, uh, you know, they're, they're not so subtle ways of, of tele- t- taking newer players, making them aware that this concept exists, mm-hmm. and then giving them a little sandbox to play in so that they feel comfortable learning this concept. And uh, certain games do that well, like, uh, you know, Guilty Gear and uh, Skullgirls among them. Skullgirls is so fun. Yeah. <laughs> I need to get back to that. <laughs> Skullgirls yeah. is still there, guys. You can go visit her anytime you want to. She's waiting for you. It, hey, she Skullgirls is my cr- girl in the corner that I come back to every once in a while. I actually really like the story in Skullgirls. But... It's funny you mentioned that because that's the third thing I was going to mention. Uh, I think something that is beginner-friendly for fighting games that, that a lot of fighting games neglect is story. More specifically, yeah. single-player content. There's a lot of people out there who are freaked out by the concept of playing another person. Uh, it's weird. Uh, they just, they like, they build narratives in their head about like what the other player online is thinking of me and uh, right. what they're going to say when they beat me. And, you know, it's like a foregone conclusion in their mind when none of that is true. Yeah. But I understand that it exists. And I think it's important for newer players to, once again, have a sandbox of some kind or maybe even multiple sandboxes to play in before they feel comfortable jumping into the big kiddie pool that is online play. Uh, and certain fighting games do this pretty well. Like, you know, NetherRealm games, uh, they're touted for their story modes. I think their story modes are just fine, but people like them. People like, you know, fighting cutscene, fighting cutscene. I think that's cool. But we've also seen other fighting game single player content as well. Uh, I guess the previous thing I mentioned could count like that, but I guess I'm talking less training and tutorial stuff. I'm more talking about things like, uh, you know, single-player adventure modes type deal. Yeah, like uh, Dragon Ball Fighters. Uh, Dragon Ball Fighters to me is more like a story mode because it's like cutscene fight, cutscene fight. You know what I mean? Yeah, Uh, but like, you know, the entire, like just having a board and stuff. Like some ah, of the, you're yeah. right. I to where it's like, you know, to where it has like a game show feel to where it adds an air of familiarity to it. Yeah, and I think you really hit the nail on the head. It's a feel. Because what we're talking about, like the difference between Dragon Ball's story mode, if you put it that way, and uh, let's say Injustice 2 story mode, there's no difference except that there's this board game aspect and the fact that you get to like level up and customize your fighters a little bit. But people uh, love board games. Exactly, because we all have played, everybody's played a board game. That's not my point. My my point is, there's very little, at the end of the day, difference between those two types of modes. The difference falls on what you said, the feel. Mm -hmm. And that feel is what's important. Uh, Letting newer players, or less confident players, feel like they're having a good time without having to do something they're not comfortable with yet. It's important to provide for newer players a place yeah. where they can feel okay before mm-hmm. they're ready to, you know, I guess, take some risks. Like, the fighting game I was probably the best at was for very non-fighting game reasons, if that makes sense. Kind of, yeah. And it was Budokai 2, because there's a certain... Because you know how you equip things? Yeah. Yeah. I'm an RPG guy. Right. That resonated with me, and I figured a way to boost the... I basically dumped attack stat and boosted defense to the point to where super... Like, the supers and ultimates were doing nothing to me. Oh, so you cheated. I got it. Okay, great. No, I found an exploit. (laughs) I did not cheat. I found a bug. (laughs) No, I I, I remember playing... um, 
whichever one was online, the first boot cut that was online, and they had the viral heart disease. Uh huh. Oh yeah. You could yeah. take, and it was kind of um. And it there was um uh some, something it had that would in, would inflict it on your opponent so that their health would drain too. Mm-hmm. And you just you just kind of wait it out and then punch them and finish the match. I used to do that all the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's, it's cheap, it's but there's win, like but... there's some sort of indication of like okay I've won here, but it, you're not actually learning how to play properly that way, unfortunately. Right. But because of that, I was able to like learn like, oh, hey, I figured out spacing now because it gave me that big of that that advantage, that defense advantage gave me such a big play play pen to where I started going learning like, oh, this is how this other character plays. I'm gonna try them sometime. Right, but because the game offered you a system that you were comfortable with, you explored other characters. Yeah, it it led it it led to where actually I think my main eventually once I started playing proper was, um, seventeen. Hmm. Because I just liked his stoic nature, like he, like it resonates in his animations, and that's one thing like to even get me to buy the game when I watch gameplay. Please, I suck. Like I'm not gonna say I suck, but like I'm mid tier at on my at my best, and I know it, and I'm comfortable with that, right? Yeah, if I'm going to buy a fighting game, I'm not playing it because you're touting its competitiveness as a selling feature. I'm buying it because it looks cool, <laughs> and because the characters have some sort of resonation with me in one way or another. Uh. I don't think you're alone there. I think there are a lot of people out there that, you know, just want to have a good time no matter how they can. And I think for that reason, like those three types of games that I mentioned, I think they're all good for their own reason as beginner friendly games. Uh, I wish, I wish there were a game out there that could do all of that in one, but we just haven't seen that yet. Uh, uh, not, the, not those three, but I do have a beginner friendly game. So we're not, I'm not going to anti-air you, but we are doing a trade. What are you gonna do? Gonna throw dive kick at me? No, no. He actually uh, has dive kick. In I there. have dive kick in there. No, fantasy strike. <laughs> oh, see, I wish I could speak on fantasy strike. Uh, I haven't touched it yet, but I really plan on it. Like, I'm very interested in that. I I, I like how one of your notes in fa- in um in fantasy strike is does not have a duck. Because I oh. imagine it's a real duck, not a. Yeah, you don't you don't have low attacks. You don't have ducks. You don't have a. You don't have overheads because a block is a block is a block. It's not high block, low block. I feel you. Right. Oh, yeah, I, I wish I could speak more on that. I just can't. Like, I haven't checked it out yet. Um, It's still in early access. So I don't know if you would what you guys do over on your YouTube channel, but I would highly suggest you guys throw it. If early access isn't a rule, try it out. They do do updates quickly. Otherwise, I wouldn't even bring up this game it being early access personally but okay. since they do do in a two month period there were three update notices and one was a patch so it's monthly updates and a patch within a two month period and every month they do updates so I have a good feeling about it making it all the way to taking the belt okay but they're they're um, Spectrum, as how they put it, is you have really easy, really complex, and to the far right is most fighting games, 
and to the far left you have dive kick and they wanted something in the middle so they made a game for that cool gotcha but yeah it's a fighting game you can play with a guitar hero controller yeah, and, th and that's fascinating, like reducing mechanical complexity, or rather, dexterity complexity. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's a concept a lot of people have, you know, thought about and tried to implement with fighting games. And, you know, we're certainly seeing with games <coughs> like that, and also with Rising Thunder, it's being experimented with. Uh, and I think we're going we're gonna to see more of that, and we're going to see how it turns out when it hits, like, the public, you know? Yeah. I've... One of the weird things I've noticed, well, not weird, but like, it's one of those little details that you only notice if you've played that specific character. You know how Gal cannot walk forward and throw a sonic boom at the same time? Uh, true. Right? They have a character where he has a little cog for a meter in the bottom on his half of the screen. And you can only throw it, throw his little sonic boom-like move when it's full. It quickly empties whenever you're moving forward, then refills when you stop moving forward. Oh, wow, interesting. That's another way to, like, uh... Like, it gives them a visual cue. That's yeah. a, another way to discourage uh, offensive momentum. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Well, it's a nice way to teach charging characters as well. Yeah, but I don't think you have to charge with what he said. I think you just have to, like, stop moving. Oh, yeah, okay. you, you have to stop moving forward, because they basically made uh, the... This isn't Gaul character. Yeah, pretty interesting. Now, how counter how counter throws work in that game is really interesting to me. You do nothing. I see. So as long as you're neutral, then you can tech. Yeah, and then it techs to throw. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. Uh, I think what was it? Uh, it's a little similar to Virtual Fighter. That was a game where you auto blocked if you were neutral. Oh yeah. No. I don't remember Virtual Fighter that well. Last time I played that I, I game, I was well. at a roller rink. It's a great series, but you know, <laughs> it's a great game for a roller rink. <laughs> True. My favorite roller <laughs> rink game, though, of course, was Marvel vs. Capcom 2. That always made me stop playing at the roller rink area and just go to the arcade. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that and Tekken and Tag. Oh yeah! Yeah. Oh. yeah. Uh, there was this one game and. I am stretching the fighting game definition really far on this one. It was more like DDR with your fists. And it was um, a Fist of the North Star video game. To where it had these paddles that would come up and you'd just bop them. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember that one. Wow. Yeah, I don't. It, like, I, familiar, but... I've only seen that one machine and I've been I found the previous owner and he told me who he sold it to and I've been slowly going through this daisy chain of people and I swear I will eventually buy that game one day if it hasn't been if it isn't like trashed. I feel you. Because yeah, I, th I think I lost about 20 30 pounds over a summer just playing that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you did the right thing, man. I'll, all I played with the games that made me put on pounds. I was a big I was a big DDR kid, so I was always fit in the summer and then got a little bit bigger during the winter. Yeah, my, my feet aren't that dexterous. <laughs> mm. uh, your feet don't need to be dexterous for a DDR, I don't think. 
It's, it's a rhythm game, so you I trip walking upstairs, dude. You just gotta have good bar game. You gotta hold that bar at the back and then just let your feet go. <laughs> oh, you, know, you say that now I'm imagining Stephen Hawking trying to play DDR. I'm sure they could figure out some sort of <laughs> controller that he could use. You know what I well, mean? Well, first we need a master necromancy. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Bob's like, that was wrong, Zez. That was wrong. <laughs> Then I went, I wonder if I can top it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. But, yeah, like, you know, but what do you think that we can do as people who enjoy fighting games as far as, like, helping people, like, the new people come in? Uh, I think about that all the time. And... Like, the answers to that are numerous, but I'd say, honestly, the biggest one and the easiest one, the most important one, is to not be an asshole. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's what kept asshole. me out of fighting games for quite some time, because yeah, I had yeah. an older cousin who, it was, and it wasn't the, hey, you need to learn, Hadouken, Hadouken, and I'm getting hit with it. It's like, no, 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 no. He, w- he was hitting me with some real tactics, but I like mix-ups and all and i'm just like i, I was yeah, I mean, 11 <laughs> yeah like I, I look no one expects I don't, I don't i don't personally expect many people out there to uh have the patience or the time or the skill to teach other people anything yeah uh teaching somebody takes you know it takes a lot it takes patience um but at the very least i guess what i'm saying is how do I put this, man? Look, it's been exacerbated by the internet, age, but there's a lot of pride out there. There's oh, dear God. Out there. Yeah, like and the best fighting game villains are, in my opinion, like, and I'm talking like cartoon character level villains, are not the ambisons and stuff in the games. No, 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 no. Look at the guys who run their mouth in the esports world. Yeah, and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to call anybody out like that, but I will say this. I'm not naming I'm not, names, I'm, but there's always not, people like that. Of course. Yeah. And I'm not going to get on a soapbox here, but I will say that the, um, look, real talk, there's nothing, even, even in, a, in a world where it's about 1v1 fighting and someone's always got to win and someone's always got to <coughs> lose, and there's a lot of pride involved, even in that world... I think it's tantamount to treat people like you'd want to be treated. And yeah. uh, I feel like it's learned behavior to uh, I feel like it is, it is learned behavior at this point mm-hmm. to talk smack or to treat someone new to the game with disrespect or to taunt or teabag or stuff like that, like knee jerkily. I think it's learned behavior because I think most people do it now because like, well, that was done to me. Like I figured that was just the way to do it. And I I think that uh, an easy way to combat that and invite new players in because nobody, nobody new wants to see or experience that. Right. Yeah. Easy way to combat that is just to just treat treat people like you'd want to be treated. Is we have very... to break the cycle of abuse. We can't continue the cycle of abuse. Despite the fact that you just got done punching somebody in the face. Repeatedly. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, well, I mean, the thing is, is like I know where that mentality comes from from a psychological perspective. It's the, who the heck is this person? They haven't put their work in. 
And uh, that is a flawed mentality. Yeah, yeah. Not only is is it flawed, it doesn't follow any fucking logic at all, man. Like, uh, I didn't say it was logical. It's emotional, completely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I'm I, I'm agreeing with you, and uh, I think the biggest barrier for new people getting into fighting games is honestly probably intimidation, and it's and some of it is you know some of it they can take personal responsibility for, but there are a lot of actual fighting game players out there who aren't helping things by not being cordial and patient and understanding. And, well, it's, and it really flies in the face of logic, too, when they're like, man, I wish my scene was bigger. Well, let me go over here and teabag somebody online. Yeah, I mean, right? it, it's it's that intimidation. It's also um, self-doubt. Yeah. Like, well, I'll, I'll, I'll never be that good. What do you... Yeah. Oh, 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 self-doubt from the newer player. I feel yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Like, those two things combined will just drive people away. And I think it was Brett who said this on... I want to say it was in the Road to Evo. Mm-hmm. Which was... Uh, aim for your level. Quit comparing yourself to the top people of the world. Yeah. Be comfortable with where you're at. And, yeah. that, and that actually kind of... Re- reinforced where I was in like a lot of games that lend themselves to competitive natures, even though I don't play them competitively of to where I'm like, okay, I started enjoying them again. Once I got that little nugget, it finally sunk yeah. in about like, three I weeks after I heard it. <laughs> Not only is it unrealistic to compare yourself to these players who've been playing for fucking years, mm-hmm. it's unrealistic. And not only that, I think it sells yourself short. Look, you may look way up high and see another player up there who's that much better than you and it might look like he's in the sky like like that much higher than you right. but if all you're doing is aiming for that person you will never be higher than that person mm-hmm. when you could be way higher than them you could be better if you you know you know don't compare yourself to other people you just compare yourself to who you were yesterday you know yeah it's uh a lot of, a lot can be said about the entire mentality of the person you need to be competing against isn't the other person it's yourself exactly i couldn't have put it better myself Going back to what we said before, Brett, do you have any ideas about how to clean up the toxicity that is sort of this deterrent for new players? Uh, I think the only thing we can do is lead by example. Yeah. I Go can... out there and when, when you face new people, get, like give them encouragement. Like, hey, man, good job. You did a good job on this. And if somebody asks you a question, just answer them genuinely and with a good attitude. I don't think it's a complicated or hard thing at all. I just think it's yeah. it doesn't happen often like, enough. Like being not being a dick is so simple that it's amazing that some people can't figure that shit out. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 crazy. Uh, like you know, because like Yu Gi Oh, I never got into that in a card game when I was in high school when it was at its peak in my area. Or at least at its peak for its ability for me to get into it. See, I, I was all into it at that point. I was, I was. Let me tell you why, Zaz, and you'll understand. It's because the Yu-Gi-Oh players were toxic. They were toxic people. Because, and, but the, but Magic Gathering, which is a much, which at the time, which which was a much deeper and more complex game, because it's been around a much much longer at the time, because Yu-Gi-Oh's new kid on the block, they're like. Yeah, man, like, you know, they were focused 
not on the aspect of, oh, this kid hasn't put his work in. It's like, oh, he's trying to put his work in and he's asking questions. So let's inspire him and give him some guidance to where he'll put even more work in because we're backing him. When I try to do that with Yu-Gi-Oh! Anime, though. Say again? How much of that do you think comes from the anime where the the attitude of the anime is you are going down and your grandfather will die for the cards that he has in his deck? <laughs> like, the show itself is so crazy. Oh, I knew some of these guys yeah. personally. They were fuckboys before then. That was just an excuse. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, it might have, but at the same time, let's see, teenager, high school, and prior fuckboy beforehand. Dude, that shit was you. Uh, I mean, they're probably awesome people now. It's just that's just how the scene was with that. And there was a lot of cheating. That I blame on the anime. <laughs> <laughs> well, the anime the rules were different. Ex- exactly. They tried to play by the anime rules and not by what was on the card. Right. Well, I, I just think there's a, there's a lot of power in being able to give some encouragement to somebody. Yes. There's a lot of power in being able to be like, good job. Mm-hmm. Even though it's simple, there's a lot of power. And since there's a lot of power, I feel like there's responsibility too. So I feel like it's our responsibility just to be that person and say, good job. Right now I'm looking at a Peter Parker poster. Yeah, man. <laughs> and it works. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I I think that's probably the perfect note to go out on. Yeah. So yeah, all right, great. that being said... Here are your five minutes of fame. Brett, we're going to like tell the people what you do on the internet. Oh, I see. This is the plug part. Got yeah. It. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like, this is the part to where since we're doing two episodes live today, day, we're splitting up between the two people, one per episode. That way you guys get more time mm, okay. to plug. Okay, well, if you uh, want to hang out some more, we have a channel on YouTube called Super Couch Fighters. We play a bunch of different fighting games from a bunch of different angles, but mostly we just have a good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to hang out with me personally, you can find me on Twitch playing some other games as well as fighting games. That's twitch.tv slash... Oh, Lord. Twitch.tv slash Shaper of Stories. And that's all. All right. And... That being said, uh, a little extra plug for your Super Couch Fighters, Fighters channel. If you are a beginner, they have, like, even their normal videos usually has com- commentaries on how a certain game works. Works because they're talking while playing the video game, and Santel is usually really good about asking them questions. And then there's stuff like the Rota Evo to where they cover their bare bones basics and terminologies like footsies, canceling, hitbox versus hurtbox, and all that good stuff. Mm. And honestly, I'll go ahead and say that in the OneNote document for this, most of those terms I learned from yeah. your channel. <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad we can help out, man. Like, cause... He's, he's got a lot of notes in the, in the, in the OneNote here. So. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. I... I I'm very studious by nature. That's good. That's how you learn, man. Exactly. But, ladies and gentlemen, it's been very fun, especially with these two wonderful guests. Um, very informative. Yes. Um, 
I'm ZiplockBob. You can find me here at, at twitch.tv slash ZiplockBob. You can find Zaz at twitch.tv, the Zaz. Those usernames work as on Twitter as well. And also the ats above and below in the video are our Twitter usernames. So you can go, oh, okay, and write that down or all that good stuff. Lastly, we are partnered with Bottle Rocket Gaming, which this will be on their YouTube channel every Friday. And you can also find them. Yeah, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And also I'll be going live on premiere at twitch.tv slash bottle rocket gaming. And congratulations to Bottle Rocket Gaming for recently becoming affiliated. Good on them. Well, to be fair, they should have been affiliated a while ago. They just were late. It's my fault. <laughs> and lastly, you can download this for an MP3 version at podcast.com, Sequel Syndrome, as well as on iTunes. See you guys next time.